Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome once again to the Crystal Silence League Hour, your Tuesday night refuge from the hustle and bustle of the busy world. This is the Reverend John St. Germain broadcasting to you from the underwater city of Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, soon to be the future home of Aquaman, I believe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Why don't you come back in about a minute? Um going to refill my coffee mug and we'll come back this is late night for me usually it's bedtime by now eight o'clock here is bedtime for us because we get up about 5 a.m um come on back i'm going to refill my coffee you refill yours and uh come on back to the quietest and most relaxed corner of internet radio And we're back. Always fun to play Blog Talk Roulette. You never know what surprises Blog Talk will throw at you. Well, for those of you who don't know, this is uh, the Crystal Silence League Hour, uh, episode 171. We've reached another milestone. Every 10 episodes, I'm always amazed that we're still here. Just like every every morning, I'm amazed when I wake up and I go, hey, another day above ground. Uh, the older you get, you come into a wisdom, you know, when... Uh, you get into your 50s, you hear more sickness and funerals than you do uh, births and marriages. And you develop one of two philosophies about that. You either become more cynical or you become more spiritual. And a lot of my friends just become more, spirit, uh, more spiritual. And those are the people I like to hang out with. The, the cynical people just kind of uh, withdraw into this uh, existential angst and uh, they just – wait for the grim reaper to come knocking at their door the more spiritual people they'll understand that's life life is impermanent and that when we cross to the other side it's not that big a deal it's like going from one room into the next and it's that's just life you know life does that and uh the people who uh shroud themselves in existential angst uh tend to become a little tedious and tiresome about uh uh, dwelling on it, uh, you know, you know the ones. They're the ones that when they uh, go order food, they say, "Well, is that is that natural organic orange juice, and what's the cholesterol count in that egg white?" And uh, you know, they're they're afraid that 
you know, any any moment is they're teetering on death's doorstep, and uh, you just think, my my God, man, just order a sandwich and eat it, would you? You know, for goodness sake, why are you clinging to life by by a thread when every 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 minute is miserable? Anyway, um, enjoy enjoy what you got. Kind of the theme of tonight's show: uh, how to enjoy what you have left. You know. The the meager droplets of life you have left. And that's what the Crystal Silence League is all about, enjoying the me- meager sands of time left remaining in your hourglass, isn't it? And the Crystal Silence League was founded around 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of distributing positive prayer and affirmation to all those in need. And that's what we continue to this day, his noble work, cybernetically now. They didn't have the cybernet back in the 20s. I don't think a lot of younger people know that. We didn't have the computer back in those days. We didn't have the computers back in 1980. First time I went to college, we didn't have computers. And the calculators we had were about the size of uh, paperback novels. And you wore them on your belt like a Colt 45 in the Old West. And they didn't have uh, scientific functions on them. And I remember slide rules. Do you remember slide rules, any of you? When you were in engineering, you had slide rules. They put a man on the moon with slide rules. That's what's amazing to me. You know, you know Apollo 11 and 12 and all that. Um, they put a man on the moon with slide rules. Slide rules. Not, not IBM supercomputers. Slide rules. And today they say we don't have the technology to do it again. We have artificial intelligence that can. Uh, we have artificial intelligence that can talk to you and debate uh, debate existentialism with you. I'm on the existentialism rant tonight, but we don't have the technology to go back to the moon. And they did it with slide rules. They had a 14k computer on on board uh, the, the lunar module, and uh, and it malfunctioned. Buzz Aldrin used the. Uh, uh, the tip of a ballpoint pen to to push the button that broke <laughs> on the moon. Did you know that story? To get back to the uh, command module, he pushed the button and it broke. And he was like, "Oh, what am I going to do now?" And he broke the tip off a ballpoint pen and stuck it down in the hole to activate the <laughs> the lunar module to get back to the command module. It's a hair-raising story. There were several times when they could have died on that mission. I think it's it's pretty fun. I'm maybe I am in a grim mood tonight. All the things that could have gone wrong. On the lunar mission, a cold death on Earth's satellite. That would have been grim. The Crystal Silence League, founded in 1917, you know, 100 years ago, 1917, 100 years ago, was the Crystal Silence League. So we're, you know, we're over 100 years old, the Crystal Silence League. You can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org where you'll find uh, on there a um, prayer page where people can post prayers. And we get almost 200 prayers a week posted there, and you're welcome to go join us. First, I'd like to talk about our crystal of the week, Camerarite. Uh, and Camerarite uh, is a, a beautiful uh, purple stone, uh, often found in geode form. Camerarite uh, is... Um, um, it's uh, little known, and you don't find it in a lot of crystal books, but I'll tell you that uh, most people that work with crystals do know about it, and uh, it's uh, not often found in the form of jewelry. You don't find earrings or uh, rings or amulets made with it. Um, you very rarely see it in polished form, and when it's available for sale, people buy it very quickly. Um, it's... Um, it's uh, not that easy to find. You can find it, but it's not that easy to find. Once it's uh, mined and made available, it's it's bought very quickly, and it's not cheap. But it is a very good stone to have. So, you know, uh, size is not important in crystal work. You don't have to have a huge piece of crystal. Um, a piece about as big as your thumb will probably cost you about five hundred dollars. So you don't need a piece that big. Um, uh, you know, a piece about as big as the first joint of your thumb, plenty big. 
last you the rest of your life. So what Camerai is good for uh, is advanced spiritual development. You know, so so as we know, uh, this color will um, uh, stimulate the third eye crown chakra and even the uh, soul star chakra, the etheric chakra, and uh, it will work on every level of these chakras. It can uh, help you in all the sorts of higher spiritual development, and um, it not only works on the spiritual aspects of these chakras, but also on the physical aspects of these chakras. So uh, it can help with uh, all the emotional and spiritual aspects of these chakras, but also the physical chakras. So if you're um, uh, having physical symptoms, uh, you know, headaches, tension, stress, etc., it can help. It can also help out uh, things like sinus infections, not cure them, but aid in the recovery uh, as an adjunct to medical treatment. Um, and um, the um, it helps you release mental blockages, anger, guilt, negative emotions, etc. And this is very handy in meditation and spiritual work. So if you find yourself um, uh, in encountering these obstacles in your spiritual work when you're doing meditation and uh, your quest for uh, spiritual elevation, this is a very good stone to have. I wouldn't buy it if you're a beginner in spiritual work, but as you go further down the path of spiritual development and you find yourself refining your the, the fires, it's a good crystal to have. And you don't need a very big piece, truly. You really don't. Just a small piece will do. And it's worth having in your arsenal of crystals. Um, making a an elixir of it is very handy to have. You can anoint your third eye and your crown chakra with it uh, to help your clairvoyance and your spirit visions. And to help lucid dreaming by putting it under your pillow at night or putting it uh, around your head. You can wear it under a headband, for instance. Uh, just a few things you can do with a chimera, right? Very nice crystal, very pretty crystal too. It's like the color of claret, so it's very nice to have. So, if you'd like to join me, if you'd like to go to the Crystal Silence League website, and you can go to the prayer page, you'll see there are many, many prayers. I, I pull up quite a few of these, and uh, the thing is, if you refresh the page, you'll see new prayers. People post them all the time. There's no way to read them all out loud. I just read a few of them, and I never identify these by name. I always identify them only by um, uh, prayer ID, and so if you'd like to join me to pray, I'm just going to do that right now. Let's dive right into the work. So we have prayer ID number 81006, who is praying for a court case, and um, uh, she says, I'm going into mediation with my son's father, who, she uh, says, has been abusive and aims to destroy her relationship with her son. She says, please pray for me for the mediators to see how he is a neglectful parent and how my son is much healthier and happier being back with me for the majority of school nights. She says, I have primary custody, but due to an injury, I allowed the ex to take my son, but it was a mistake, and my son is suffering for it. So she's praying for primary custody. May she get that. Amen. And she says, uh, prayer ID number 81005, who says, Hi, may your prayers come true. May T contact me often and first before me always. May it always be loving and happy and good for all. And this is prayer ID 81004, who says, I call upon the divine heavenly father and my guardian angels and my spirit guides and my ancient ancestors to come help me stay out of all money worries and to see to it that I can pay off all outstanding debts owed to my friends, clients, and spiritual workers working on my behalf so that I can be free from all financial trouble in this year of 2019. As quickly as possible, praise be to God. Amen. And then we have prayer ID 81003 who says, uh, please pray for my love life, that everything will work out between myself 
and the girl that I love, whose initial is M, and that we will be happily and romantically together soon. Amen. This is prayer ID 81002. He says, people at work are trying to get me fired. Remove them from my presence in the name of Jesus. Amen. And prayer ID 81001, who says, Dear Father God, you know the issues with the S-Bucks. Oh, the, uh, oh I know. Uh, that's Starbucks manager. See, and how badly she treats the employees under her. She is targeting my daughter, Lord God. Please stop C from her mean, hateful, in evil ways. Let C feel the full force of your word and show her just how your child, M, is protected from all evil especially financial dangers brought in by this awful manager. Help M transfer to another store ASAP. Block C from trying to hold M at her current store. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Dear God, a bad Starbucks manager. Don't let that happen. Prayer ID 81000. D will feel a magnetic pull in romance, love, passion, and irresistible attraction to me. He will be unable to resist this magnetic pull and will act on it. Amen. I think I know this person. Oh, I do. I know this person. Prayer ID 80999. I would like prayers for my son. He is a relationship where he is controlled and manipulated. He hardly wants to see his mom or his family. So I'm praying and hoping that he will change his mind about this because he's not happy. So please come into agreement with me. Amen. Prayer ID 8099 and 8. I'm going to run out of money before I win my court case. Do not run out of money before you win your court case. Do not. Amen. Prayer ID 80997. My heart is broken and I don't see any way out. These, Neither one of these are prayers. These are affirmations that you're going to... Okay, this is not how you pray. You don't pray that you're going to run out of money. You don't pray that your heart is broken. You pray the opposite. Turn this around, folks. There is a way out, and your heart will not stay broken. Let's pray the other way. Let's pray that this uh, this good uh, person's, uh, I think it's a woman, her heart will be fixed, and there is a way out for her, and she'll come out the other side smiling and happy. Amen. And that this person will not run out of money and will win the court case. Amen. And prayer ID 80996. Please pray for the healing of this community. We have had 23 deaths and massive destructions. And this is Lee County, Alabama. People and pets are still missing. We are stunned but strong with prayers and determination. We will heal. But right now it's hard to see how. Apparently, Lee County, Alabama had a tornado. We will pray for you. We will pray for you. Amen. Pray for all the, all the country that's having weather and natural disasters. The earth is undergoing a tremendous amount of uh, weather, anomalous weather conditions. Prayer ID 80995. I will sing hallelujah trouble over i want to thank jesus for all he's done for me how i got over over my soul look back and wonder how i got over thank you all for praying for me to be accepted into the sw program i am grateful and i thank god and all creation for support and helping me amen there's some prayers answered prayer id 80994 please pray that the court see my case Wells Fargo and Fannie Mae are trying to take my family home. They did everything to violate mine and my brother's rights after my father passed. No surprise there. Please pray that we're all heard and come out winning our home. Amen. Boy, there's some evil companies there, by God. Prayer ID 80992. Pray that I now have a permanent job with the companies I'm working with through a temp agency paying $125, $125 an hour or more. Really? $125? I'd like, I'd like that job, $125 an hour for $20,000 per month and more with per diem, consistent five years or more, 
I'll pray for you. You'll pray for me. Consistent five years or more. Easy. I feel free. I'm more than adequate. I travel for work. It comes to me easily and quickly. I feel at ease. My work environment is fun as I do my job on a daily basis. The right and perfect fit comes to me quickly and easily. Thank you kindly. I pray all your desires come true as well. Amen. Prayer ID 80991. I ask my goddess, my super mom, for helping in finding the best remote job for me as soon as possible or something better. Thank you. Benedicion y benediciones mi amor. Amen. Let's have one more. Prayer ID 80990. Pray that D will realize that his crush of her is nothing and realize that he actually likes me and ask me to be his girlfriend. Amen. True love will prevail. Let's have a, a moment of silent thought and prayer and meditation for all those in need of comfort and support. Amen. I will tell you a, a synopsis of a story. Um, um, there's a, a great writer, his name is Salman Rushdie. Uh, you may remember him because he wrote a book called uh, Satanic Verses, and uh, uh, several years ago, and uh, the Altello committee put a jihad on him uh, to be killed, um, and so he had to hide out. But he wrote – there's a book of short stories he wrote, and in one of them, there's a story about a um, a man who had uh, three children who were born with crippling handicaps. And every day the children would go out and beg for money, and this is how they lived, and they lived – reasonably comfortably and uh, um, so one day on his way home he finds a holy relic it's a lock of the prophet Muhammad's hair and he doesn't know what to do with this so he takes it to an Iman, a holy man and the holy man says you are blessed indeed Hashim he said because with this hair you can heal your three children and they will no longer be crippled and so Hashim is looking at this hair and he realizes yes yes he can heal his children but then 
they'll be poor. They won't have a source of income anymore. And so his dilemma is, does he heal his children and then they'll live in crushing poverty or does he not so that they'll have a source of income? And I want to leave the story at that because um, if you want to find out what happens, read the story. Look it up and read it. So, um, or does the story even resolve, or is it like Lady and the Tiger? It's a great story because uh, do you find yourself on the horns of a dilemma like that all the time? If you make one decision, you wind up with um, one course of action, and if you make another decision, you wind up with another. So uh, where do you go with it? Um, which is why so so often many people don't make a decision or paralyzed in action, right? It's like if I do this, this will happen. If I do that, that will happen, so I'll do nothing. And uh, so that's why many, many great dreams are uh, – are never realized because you, have, you never take that first step. We were talking about many ways to be happy, for instance, and uh, I think we left off that we were gratitude. Um, and gratitude is a virtue in and of itself, we said. I was uh, I was splitting very fine hairs. I was saying being gratitude to who, what, where, and when, but basically being, gra- being grateful for um, uh, what we have is a virtue in and of itself and a good feeling to have. Um, And sometimes it's good at the end of the day just to list uh, five things that happened that day that we're glad for, uh, that we're glad happened, five experiences or five things that happened that we're glad for. And I've always said be grateful to your benefactors and let them know. Tell your benefactors, you know, know, thanks for um, the things you've done for me. And um, we talked a lot about the uh, mental conditions of being happy and success. But, you know, there's physical conditions as well. There are physical things you can do that will help you feel better. And uh, the most obvious thing is that smiling helps you feel better. This is a, a very interesting fact. It's a scientific fact that if you smile, um, it can improve your feelings in matters of seconds, um, if you start feeling gloomy, uh, you start feeling that oppressive feeling, smile. It will improve your mood. Uh, it has been shown. Uh, scientific tests will show that if you smile, just the very act of smiling produces endorphins. You'll you'll, spe- you'll feel better. And if you're smiling while you're talking it will increase the effect. It certainly improves the mood of people around you. And um, I, I found that uh, if, I, if I feel that, that mood getting to me, if I've just been slipping into that funk, I just get out in public around people and smile at them. <laughs> I just walk around and smile at people, and they smile back at me. And there's that, that circuit of friendliness that uh, that occurs and all of a sudden, everybody feels better. I feel better. They feel better. And you realize it's it, it feels good. Um, uh, the worst thing I think happens, you, you get in a kind of gloomy mood. Then you get on the Internet, and you start reading stuff on the Internet, and it worsens your mood. And um, uh, sitting up erect, standing erect, walking, these things improve your mood. Hunching over a computer uh, is a very bad posture. Uh, it will uh, hunch your shoulders over, compress your spine. Um, uh, it inhibits your circulation. It inhibits your breathing. And that is another thing um, that will help uh, improve your circulation and improve the production of uh, Good feeling chemicals, you know, dopamine, epinephrine, serotonin is breathing. And uh, in order, and Mr. Conlon talked about this a lot. In order to breathe um, 
to do happy breathing, you have to stretch your diaphragm. So, uh, again, science backs this up. Uh, muscular stress, heart rate, blood pressure, all of this uh, will, will decrease significantly and very quickly just by breathing deeply. And um, the, um, there's different types of breathing. There's yogic breathing, deep breathing. Uh, practice all these breathings. You can look these techniques up. There's a, a type of yogic breathing where you, uh, you, um, you breathe in for a count of six, hold for two, and exhale for six. Yeah. In, hold for two, exhale for six. Um, then there's alternate nostril breathing. Where you hold one nostril closed, inhale, hold the other nostril closed, exhale. It uh, it it kind of works. I always tell when I do that, um, one of my nostrils will whistle, and uh, it makes my granddaughter laugh. And then I start laughing, and you know that makes everybody feel better. Uh, I get a nasal whistle, and it uh, it produces uh, laughter in the house. And then my cat looks at me funny. And the dog barks, so it creates hilarity all around. Um, then there's a, a type of yogic breathing called fire breathing, where you go, and a few minutes of that, and you will work up a sweat, and it activates your entire uh, adrenal system. This is the idea. Uh, so deep breathing is not just deep breathing. In fact, if you deep breathe too much, you'll <laughs> you'll hyperventilate and and you'll pass out. You know, people people uh, will deep breathe the great intensity. Sometimes I've uh, I've said uh, you know you know breathe in, breathe out. They go, <gasps> and, you know they'll pass out. So uh, uh, use, use common sense when you're breathing, uh, but do stretch the diaphragm. And and then there's uh, tummy uh, vacuums where you you uh, exhale all your breath and pull your stomach in, and this is great for the stomach muscle tone. Uh, so there's a lot you can do with breath, uh, a great deal of variety, and um, uh, get all the good air in and breathe all the bad air out. And uh, it rejuvenates you. It oxygenates your blood, activates your nervous system, and you, you're a lot more alert. You're a lot more alert. Um, it, it really helps if you walk a little bit every day. And uh, I've got this uh, smartwatch. And whether I want it to or not, it counts my steps and it measures my heart rate. And it's a little annoying because uh, since my heart surgery, I'm on beta blockers, and that regulates my heart rate. My heart rate cannot go beyond a certain amount every day. I'm supposed to be on these things for like a year, I think. And it always says, uh, increase your heart rate, increase your heart rate, increase your heart rate. And I'm, I'm like... I'm like, sucker, I can't. You know, I can't if I try. I can run up and down the stairs and my heart rate won't go past a certain rate. So it, it's kind of aggravating and I can't tell it to stop. But uh, it's true that um, you should uh, do some, some aerobics. If you slog around all day, watch TV all day, stay on the computer all day, your heart rate, your general heart rate will go down below a certain level. And this can cause depression. And uh, having a cardiorespiratory endurance is uh, really good for uh, your overall mood, your uh, sharpness of wit, your sharpness of thinking, and just overall joint health. And uh, you're less likely to uh, stress your muscles, and you sleep better at night. So there's a lot of physical things you can do. Laughter helps. Um, I've uh, I've advised my clients when they're stressing about a uh, a situation. I'm doing root work for them over the weekend. I'll I'll advise them. I say go out this weekend and do something fun. Go go get your friends. Go to a funny movie or go do something fun. Don't sit around and fret about this situation. And usually it's you know it could be a relationship thing. I'll say there's there's nothing you can do this weekend. Don't don't sit around and fret about this. Don't obsess about it. Don't sit there wait for the phone to ring. Don't wait for a text. Go out and have some fun. Grab some friends and go out and have some fun. Now, do they take my advice? Not always, but it's the best thing you can do. If you're in a stressful situation, find something to laugh about. Find some humor in a situation. And uh, you have two choices about a situation. You can stress about it, or you can put it out of your mind and find something enjoyable to do. That's, that's your two choices. So... Um, 
let's say somebody's um, trying to uh, get to you. You know, they're complaining about something or they're saying bad things about you. Um, it's a situation out of your control. You can't control what someone else is doing. You have two choices. You can get upset about it or you can shrug it off and laugh about it. So let's say your family's aggravating you. There's something in the family. The, the whole family's up in arms. There's family drama. You have two choices. You can join in and get upset about it. You can walk away from it and laugh about it. You know, which which is the most sensible thing to do. Okay. Some of the best things you can do is hang out with people that you like. This is another piece of advice I give my clients all the time. Don't hang out with people you don't like. You know, or stop hanging out with people you don't like. Hang out with people you like. Um, I have lots of variations on that. Um, sometimes you need a better class of friends. Uh, you know, don't hang out with people that vex you. Um, if if uh, if you if you're hanging out with people who uh, take a lot and give you a little back, cut them out. Uh, uh, have a have a good class of friends. Uh, be with people that are noble. Uh, you know, if you're a man, your friends should be noble men. You know, if you're a woman, your your friends should be noble women. Um, you should hang out with noble men and women. You know, your friends should be high-class people. Um, I know sometimes people are really good at sucking you in, but uh, don't. Just don't. Have people in your life that are affirmative, that are kind, that are uh, people of high character. Enjoy these people uh, that bring joy in your life. It's so I, sometimes it's hard, you know. Sometimes people are really good at um, uh, making, you know, getting you to feel sorry for them and stuff. But you have to ask yourself constantly: uh, Is this good for me, or is this bad for me? And if it's bad for you, these are experiences and these are people that must be eased out of your life. It's it's just it's common sense. It really is. Um, every day. It's beneficial to set aside time for yourself, to spend quiet time meditating, uh, collecting your mind. I, uh, I I call it getting my mind right. I try to do it sometime in the morning, usually after I take my granddaughter to school. I'll come home and spend about 30 minutes, sometimes as long as an hour. It depends on how scattered my mind is or how much I have in the day, and I collect my thoughts. Usually I'll I'll just have a cup of coffee, I'll set it down, I'll close my eyes, and I'll collect my thoughts. I get my mind right. And uh, I won't tell you how to do it. I won't give you advice on how to do it. Everybody's got their own way, but I'll just sit quietly and breathe and collect my thoughts and get myself ready for what I have to do for the day. I don't try to think about what I'm going to do that day. That That's just adding to the pressure. I let go of the pressure. And I empty my mind, and then, and only then, will I look at, the, I say, okay, now, what do I need to get done today? And then I'll look at it, and I'll put it in line. If you have a pile of stuff to do, the best thing to do is to take it off the pile and put it in line, one in front of the other. One of the things that makes me really happy <clears throat> is um, having something to project that happiness onto um, a pet, a dog, a cat. I've had frogs. I've had uh, all my life. I don't think I've ever not had some kind of pets. As far back as I remember as a kid, I've had uh, turtles. Hamsters, snakes, frogs, um, guinea pigs. I've I've had just about everything. I've always had cats. I've always had cats. And uh, I can't think of a time in my life I've not had cats. And uh, I've had dogs. And right now I have a dog and a cat. And, uh, you know, I've had a kid and now I've got a grandbaby. Um, When she's five, she's not a baby. I've always had someone or something in my life that 
I could um, express love and affection for usually more than one. You know, I've had kids and cats and dogs, and I've always had something in my life that, and someone in my life that that I could um, I could love. And um, uh, animals are very good to have around. They they're very honest with you. Um, no one is ever happier to see you when you come home than your dog. And you know, if you have a affectionate cat, they're they're fun to have around too. So, and they they, they seem to have a sense too. Cats and dogs, when uh, you know, when you're glum, they they seem to have a sense. You know, they'll come over and do funny things and and help get you out of that mood. They they're concerned about you. Uh, so a pet is a good thing to have. I think a pet it gets you out of yourself. And there's something about having a pet you can. Um, make make it right for them and it makes it right for you. You can take a part of yourself. And this is something I've noticed about animal people. I think if you're an animal person, you you take the part of yourself that was never nurtured by your parents or by anyone else and you project it onto that animal. And you can care for that animal in a way that you were never cared for. And that makes it right for you. Sometimes I think a sense of unhappiness is a sense that we're not growing. And so I think that if we ever get that feeling that we're stuck, that we're in a rut, um, the best thing to do is to learn something. And um, I I do readings a lot for people, and uh, they just say, I just need a reading. And usually I think what they're saying is that I'm bored. And uh, so I... I say, um, well, it's time to learn something. And say, well, what? I say, I don't care. Pick something. Um, and you know, these, these are people who have uh, they've done a lot of things in their life, and nothing has sparked joy in them. That's the big thing now, sparking joy. And uh, and I'll tell you that our mind, uh, our minds need constant stimulation. Um, that's just what we are. We're uh, we're we're thinking and growing machines, and uh, our mind is a constant stimulation. We we're always grasping, so um, it's. Uh, I'm very honest with people too. I say, you know, it's not my job to entertain you, um, <laughs> keep you interested in life. I say all I can all I can tell you is that the problem here is that you've you've lost interest. You're not paying attention, and. You need something to grab your attention, so find something and, and pick something. It's just really a matter – if you're bored, you're just not paying attention. That's what it means. Boredom means you're not paying attention to something, so find something and pay attention to it. And it doesn't matter what it is. Just pick something, and it can be anything that is going to challenge you. Uh, you know, Learn to play guitar. Learn to play piano. Learn to paint. Learn to draw. Because well, none of that interests me. Well, nothing is interesting you now. Nothing. And you know, I can go down a list. I can I can take a the variety. There's a book called The Variety of Human Experiences. It lists every known human experience. So we could just go down that and read it to you, and you would say no, 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 scuba diving, no, no, mountaineering, no, no, cave dwelling, no, no, because it's a it's a feeling called ennui where nothing interests you. You, you have to make a decision to be interested in things. And, uh, you know, that that feeling of ennui is a general dissatisfaction in life itself. So, uh, you know, take a cooking class. Uh, make, make the very act of eating itself interesting. Um, regain the interest in living. You know, pick up. A book at random and just start reading it and, and force yourself to be interesting in it. It, it. it truly is a decision to become interested in life again. And uh, when I do psychic fairs, there's always that one person that comes in, plops himself in the seat. Usually the legs are spread, uh, shoulders are back, hands in the lap. The challenge is, you know, tell me, you know, tell me something you know, do a reading and tell me, tell me something, give, give me a purpose. You know, tell me, tell me what I'm here for. Give me a purpose. Give me, give my life a meaning. 
and <clears throat> and I give them the talk. And my talk is this. I'm going to give you the talk. I say, well, a lot of the psychics here are going to tell you that there's a purpose for you, that you were born with a destiny, that the universe has a plan for you. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something that no other psychic or fortune teller ever told you. There is no plan. There's no meaning to life. The universe is mostly a big, empty, cold place with no meaning and no direction. The universe is a place that's empty, cold, and vast, and has a lot of ways it can kill you in a painful and lonely way if you're not paying attention. And I want to tell you that that's the good news. There is no destiny for you because your destiny might be to be the person who's supposed to clean the sewers, you know, or kill rats, or have a crushingly menial and painful job like digging ditches all your life. Uh, the good news is you have a free and open destiny to do anything you want to do. You create your own destiny. It's not for me to tell you what your destiny is. It's not for these cards to divine what your destiny is. It's for you to choose your destiny. You can be whatever you want to be, but you have to make a decision. You have to pick a point out there on the horizon and sail your boat toward it. And that's your job, not my job, not God's job, not fate's job, not karma's job, not destiny's job. It's your job. Now, I can help you with that. I can help you get through the um, the fog, you know, through the static. I can help you find the through line through all the distractions. I can talk to you and help you with that, but I'm not going to tell you this is your destiny. You know, you're a sitar player. You know, you're a you're an engineer. You know, you're a sous chef. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to. I can help you with it though. That's that can be my job. So that's exactly, that's the talk. That's the talk I give such people. They throw the gauntlet down. That's the gauntlet that I pick up. That is exactly the gauntlet that I pick up. <clears throat> and we're going to have a series of talks on that very thing. In fact, um, you know, you know how, how you do that. There's a very simple um, process um, of finding out what you're meant to do in this life. Um, because the um, the world is very willing to tell you that. You know, you go to school and uh, you learn all these classes. When you're a little kid, um, um, when you're a little kid, um, so you're in kindergarten, your potential is unlimited. You can do anything. You can do anything. And... Uh, um, I mean, truly, you ask, you ask a little kid, say, hey, can you draw a picture? They'll say, sure, I'll draw. What do you want me to draw? I will draw anything. I'll draw anything for you. You say, can you um, can you dance? Why, sure, just watch me. Um, can you um, uh, can you sing? Yeah, what song do you want me to sing? What happens to that kid by the time of, you go to high school? Can you sing? No, I'm not very good at it. Can you dance? Oh, my God, no, 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 no. No, hell no, 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 can't do it. What about play this musical instrument? No, no, man, I can't do that, no. Can you write? No, not very well. Everybody's been told what they can't do very well. Now, but, yeah, yeah, I can do math. I'm good at math. You know, I scored high in the math aptitude. Um, I'm good in English, yeah. I can uh, can write you a three-point proposal. Um, But, no, I can't dance. I can't. Draw. I can't draw. This guy. now over there, Jim. He's a, he's a good artist. Yeah, he's a good artist. So, what happened to that kid that could do everything? Well, it's called the socialization process. And uh, then you take a 17 year old kid and you send him to job fair. So, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Well, what what does a kid want to do? He wants to make money. He says, where, "Where's the money? What's the job with the money? Where's the money?" And you know, I'll, I'll tell you that uh, when I went to college, the first time when I went to college the first time uh, I got a degree in liberal arts it was a BFA and um, you know with the BFA you're not going to make a living with it right but I already had my eyes on a way to make a living and um, that 
plan kind of got disrupted because I became a parent at 18, and uh, then I became a single parent when I was almost 20, um, more or less a single parent. So I went back to school uh, in engineering and on a fast track, man. So I was in engineering school, and I said, yeah, I've already got a degree. Uh, I got a BFA, a Bachelor of Fine Arts, specialized in oil painting, and, and all these uh, really practical engineers. Well, what were you going to do with that? I said, well, I wasn't going to do anything with it. Um, I wanted an education. I got out of high school, and I really couldn't do long division. I didn't get any education in high school. I didn't know that much. I wanted an education. I wanted to know about history. I wanted to know about art. I wanted to know about literature. Well, what good is that going to do you? This is what I heard. What good is that going to do you? I said, I wanted to be educated. But but you can't get a job with that. This is what I was hearing. You can't get a job with that. I said, well, I'm going to school now in engineering to get a job. Also, I need I, I really don't do math very well. I want to learn about math and physics. And I still really wasn't concerned that much about getting a job because um, I still had a career goal in mind. And I even said that. I said, I, I, said, I already have a profession. Um, I don't. I'm not even worried about getting a job in engineering. I have I already have a profession. And one guy told me later that really offended him. He was really offended that when I said I've already got a profession and it's not engineering, that really offended him. And I didn't know why, except later on when I got to know engineers, uh, I found out that they could be really offended by things that uh, you don't mean to be. You don't mean to be. You don't mean to offend them. Um, my second wife had a brother. Had a brother-in-law, and he had a death grudge against me. He hated me unto death. He wished I was dead. And when I found out why, it was over a couple of things I said that I don't think you and I would even find moderately offensive. Uh, I, I was like, why, why did he find that offensive? It was, it was nothing. But he found it so offensive, it was like he hated me. Probably to this day, he, he, he would hate me over these things. And uh, he had a doctorate in engineering. And uh, I really think some of that stuff can drive you crazy. I'm not sure. And understand, I graduated from engineering, and I was I was worked in the field for nine years, and uh, so I have this mind that's half artist and half engineer, so I can think both ways. And uh, believe me, being an artist is kind of weird. Being an engineer is kind of weird too, and uh, uh, you know, having that physics thrown in there, uh, I can I can shift from right to left brain thinking very easily. Uh, you cannot do both at the same time. You know, I'll tell you that. You cannot think right brain and left brain at the same time, which is why sometimes I get very befuddled because I'll try to go one to the other, and I'll get very befuddled. Um, <clears throat> um, and both are very strange ways of thinking. Both are very strange. And then I went back to school a third time and got a degree in uh, uh, literary illustration, which is writing and drawing for a book, you know, writing a book and then illustrating it. So that was that was very fun. So I've been in school a lot, and none of it was to make a living. It was to get education, knowledge, to get um, um, to broaden my mind, and all of it has helped me in my profession, which is spiritual counselor, which I've also studied. So. The reason I am happy is because I'm constantly learning things. I don't have time to fret and worry. I, I just don't have time to fret and worry. And um, so I think when most people think about happiness, they they think if if I just had these things, I would be happy. Um, and um, a lot of times we think if I had these things, if I had a house or a car or a boat, I'd be happy. Or if I had time to do things, if I had peace, if I had inner peace, if I had true love, this would make me happy. And, and these are things too, right? So you can make a list of things that if you had these things, you would be happy. No, no, no. Happiness is not having things. Happiness is not having a house, happiness is not having 
uh, a husband or a wife, happiness is not having kids. Happiness is not having peace. Happiness is not having true love. Happiness is doing things. Happiness is, is action. And if you're busy doing anything, you don't have time to be unhappy. You do not have time to be unhappy. Um, so uh, I'll tell you, you know what? I'll tell you when you're not unhappy. If you're in a car wreck, at the time I've been, in, I've been in car wreck. I've been in a lot of car wrecks. I've been in 13 car wrecks, and uh, you don't have time to be unhappy. You don't, you don't think, hey, I'm, I'm unhappy. And when you're um, busy doing anything, it totally consumes your attention. You don't have time to be unhappy. When you're busy, you don't have time to be unhappy. When you're in a fight, you don't have time to be unhappy. When you are uh, being chased by a dog and you're running for the fence to get over the fence, you don't have time to be unhappy. Anytime you're totally in the moment, you don't have time to be unhappy. So, um, so uh, a list of thing, things. I, I ask people this, what would it take to make you happy? And they say, uh, they give me this list of things. They say, well, if... You know, if if I had love, if somebody loved me, if I had peace, if I didn't have to worry, um, and and I know none of that is going to make this person happy. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you, paradoxically, the more you chase happiness, the more it's going to run away from you. If you stand still and um, divest yourself of all these things, uh, happiness will be right there. Uh, the happiest people are just doing things. And um, um, the happiest people are um, uh, very friendly. Uh, they're connected to other people. Um, very cheerful. Um, the um, um, not worried about uh, being happy. Isn't isn't that funny? The happiest people don't worry about be, being happy. They're just they're they're not concerned about much of anything. They're just they're not they're not striving. They're being. They're just in the moment. And um, and I think that's that's what happened. I, I tell this story a lot. I was um, <clears throat> in an interim period. Um, it was when I quit my the last of my jobs. I'd uh, I'd quit, and I uh, ran into some friends of mine at a uh, at a convention I went to, and uh, this guy, his name was uh, Richard Richard Penny, and uh, passed away some time ago. I was talking to him and my other friend Bill Tadlock, and Richard Penny said, "John," I said, "Hey," I said, "Hey, Richard," he said, uh, "Are you have you gone full time self employed yet?" I said, "Well, as of yesterday, yes." <laughs> and, and, uh, and he looked really surprised. I said, "Yeah." I said, "I've resigned from my job. I was only part time, but I resigned and uh, full time." Yeah. So I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, it was the first time in my, I'd, I'd been part time for a long time, <clears throat> and uh, I just decided uh, my boss wanted to put me on full time, and I said, "No, I'm just um, not going to do that." And it was a strange feeling, but I never went back. And then, I, and then uh, he said, "So what are you going to do?" And I said, "I don't know, Richard." I Given up trying to become anything. That's all I know. And it was a moment of freedom for me. And uh, when I said that, and this this other guy walked over and said, I, just, I heard that, and that just really appealed to me. What do you mean by that? I said, I said uh, I've given up trying to become anything. I'm just going to uh, be myself and uh, just see where it takes me. I'm just going to do what feels right and see where it takes me. I'm not making any plans. I've just given up trying to become anything. And you know what? Uh, that was in uh, 1983, and um, to this day, I've still not trying to still get, I still haven't taken up the practice of becoming anything, and it seems to have worked out pretty well for me. So, should I plan on a show next week? I don't know. I, I, I we'll see how it how it happens. I think next week we're going to start a new series. Um, should I tell you what it is? Why, sure. We're going to discuss the major arcana of the tarot. We're not going to discuss divination. Oh, no. We're going to discuss... We're going to discuss the mythological and 
archetypal meanings behind them and what we can learn from them. The Reverend loves you. See you next week.